Carl Wazinski here. You're listening to the Rising as One podcast. And welcome to this episode of the Rising is One podcast. Uh, today is July 27th, 2020, and Phoenix Rising is not in first place. Uh, it's a little, little bit crazy after two straight matches in Orange County. Sorry we weren't able to join you for a wrap-up uh, of the last match, but, you know, life happens, kids and families and all kinds of craziness. So that's the way it is. Um, if you would like to join us live here um, on our uh, we are broadcasting on Facebook Live. If you'd like to join us, uh, feel free to come over to Twitter or on the Facebook Live. I will have the link to our live stream that you can uh, come and hang out. I don't know if we'll have time to be, take questions and add a bunch of extra people, uh, but we would be happy to have you for sure. Uh, Ashley, what have you been up to? Uh, how, how's the past two weeks been for you? Uh, have, have you been, uh, have we been crying? What's, what's going on with our team? I don't know. Like, oh, who is this team and what happened to my old team? <laughs> um, I think frustration is a good word to use. Like, um, just looking at this team, like, where, who are you? What have you done with my team? And why are we reverting back to 2018? beginning of the season like um it's kind of my nightmare all at the same time like I had mentioned on another podcast that um Rising's biggest weakness is their midfield and their mindset and I really really hoped that I was wrong and I was right so <laughs> um mindset I mean you can really really see it this individualistic play going on and none of us are enjoying it <laughs> It, it really does feel very much like the beginning of last season. Um, and it, from both the fan standpoint, as well as the team standpoint, of course, um, you know, the big thing uh, that, that we had to deal with at the beginning of last season was a real filling out of what does this new team uh, look like? We had some new folks that were on that back line. Um, AJ Cochran, Corey Whelan came and joined um, Mustafa Dumbuya. Um, and uh, even a, a guy named Logan Gadula, who didn't end up staying with the team um, on one side, and Amadou Dia as the veteran on the other side. I think overall, this is just a very similar feel to what, what happened last time, uh, but the problem is, is that every game just means more. And I hate to say that because yeah. it's going to be such a repetitive term every single week. We're going to say, well, there's only 16 matches, so every game means more. And I don't know if it, that was a... Um, wasn't not happy Gilmore, the water boy. Yeah. Like, he, he left everything on the field. You know, yeah. like, it's just, it's like ridiculous. Um, yeah. And but, I hate, I hate how people are saying that. Like, um, like it, it's just the beginning. Like, yes, it's just the beginning, but we also have a shorter season. So like every match matters. So. And, and, and this squad really is supposed to be built for this kind of, yeah, you know, play. Yeah. I mean, the talent is immense. Um, so, you know, let, let's kind of go into it. I, I don't want to, don't want to belabor the loss or anything like that. But yeah, you know, the big change in the lineup this week um, was adding essentially a fourth forward onto the field um, mm -hmm. in, in a really sort of interesting twist really felt like Shantz was just throwing everything that he could at, at this OC team from an offensive standpoint. And he added more uh, out onto the wing in place of, of Flemings. And he put Flemings, I, he put Flemings behind him. Middle, uh, yeah. Taking, um, uh, who did he take off the field for that? Stanton. Took Stanton off the field for that. Mm -hmm. um, and I looked at this and I went, holy moly, there's going to be some, some offensive fireworks. What were your thoughts initially? I thought that too. I thought that that lineup was such a statement. It was very much like, we're going to smack you in the face, like, and like watch out world. And 
I think like it really just took me back when I saw them start playing and I was like wait what the heck like you were supposed to come out and be very strong and we have no idea what's happening yeah hang on okay sorry <laughs> we are adding uh, um... <laughs> I am uh, uh, allowing some people to come in as a as a little bit of a test but I've got to make sure that I uh, uh, that I handle them appropriately. <laughs> um, wow, that was We have we have Rick Rick Chance who's, who wants to come in. Uh, come. Hi, Holy Rick. Crap. It's Coach. <laughs> What's up, guys? I totally I thought, thought that that, that it was going to be uh, uh, that there's going to be somebody who you know just put in the name Rick Chance here. So, how's it going, Coach? I'm all right. I was, uh, I've been doing a bunch of film and just settled in to watch LAFC in Seattle and uh, good saw stuff. you guys were doing this. <laughs> that, that's what oh. we've, uh, you know, that's, that's actually what we're kind of doing. Uh, Ashley's family's in the other room listening. So if you hear any cheering, yes, um, I have it on over here. <laughs> uh, coach, as you're watching some of these uh, uh, MLS matches uh, and you're seeing guys like Tristan Blackman, uh, that that you had a chance to spend some time with and coach and give some mentoring, um, you know, what does it feel like it's see, seeing these guys at, uh, playing at this level? Well, it says a lot more about USL than it does, you know, just about me and and the ability to coach some of these players because I think we're seeing that in in the U.S. soccer is really taking a big step up, and you know, some of these USL teams are are really producing some good players and. A lot of guys are getting second chances. You know, they get an opportunity to to train and play on a regular basis, and then go on to the MLS. And so, for me, it's a blast. I I love watching these guys on TV that you know, and you know a little bit about their backstory and, and where they've come from and who they are as a person. Uh, and you just wish them well. It's 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 hard sometimes when they're competing against each other, though. Yeah, I I hear that. I totally hear that. Um... Tell we were going to touch on uh, JJ uh, heading over to <laughs> Loose City. Um, you know, there it's a different conference. You know, they're a quality team, a quality side. Always had uh, done a really, really. You know, obviously they won a couple championships and won against us. Unfortunately, what's it feel like to see that JJ is going to be wearing uh, their colors instead of ours? <laughs> well, like you said, at least he's in the Eastern Conference. Um, <laughs> But I, JJ's my boy. I love him. I've, I've, uh, I've known him for so long. I, I feel, you know, when Patrice was here, I got really close with Jason. Um, he wasn't getting consistent starts, and, and I was able to spend a lot of time with him, um, kind of help him, you know, just get prepared. And I felt like we got really close. I sent him a text uh, congratulating him and happy to see that he's playing again and, and got another contract. So I know he's excited and I mean, I, like I said, if, if it's got to be coming back into USL, at least it's in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I reached out to him um, uh, about two weeks ago or so and was just trying to, you know, just basically trying to say hi and say, hey, look, um, you know, we still, um, you know, we still care about you and, you know, still still know about you and whatever. And I, I always feel bad because I don't want to be like, so what's next for you? Like, I don't, don't want it to feel like, um, I don't want it to feel like, you know, I'm pressing for that, that information, you know, uh, but I sent a message over to him and, and just saying how happy I am and really glad that, that we're going to be able to continue to see him. Yeah, Actually, no, I, I don't want to monopolize. So if you have a question, <laughs> you know, jump in. Um, <laughs> that I'm going to be honest, I'm really surprised you joined, but I'm also very happy. <laughs> I was, like I said, I was sitting here, I was finished, I watched uh, El Paso and, and New Mexico, I watched our game again, and yeah. we've got some pretty cool software tools that, that Blair and, and Corey and Rambo use, so I get to look at all their diagrams and, and stuff that they've drawn up, and I noticed you guys were doing this, and just wanted to say hi, and thank you guys for everything, you guys are doing a good job. So yeah. a after a match, how many times do you rewatch? You know, I mean, do you spend your whole time sort of like 
you, is it like one watch on the back line and one watch on the midfield and one watch on the forwards? Like how many times do you have to replay this in your head as you're going through analysis? So the, the funniest thing is the first time I rewatched the game, I watched the, uh, the TV production. So I listen because sometimes it's good to hear what the announcers have to say. Here's somebody else's point of view. Um, and, and, and as, as hard as it is, you know, when you don't perform well, it's, it's okay to get other people's opinions. <laughs> they may not be what you want to read or hear, uh, but it's important because reflection is what makes us all better. So after I get all the, that kind of stuff out of the way and I listen and I learn, I have my notes, what I really wanted to watch and look for. And then we just, uh, the next time or two I watch it, it's generally what we need to work on for the next opponent. So I watched our game, um, I think it was like 6 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. We got back into Phoenix at 4 a.m. Oh, um, and I got home probably about 4.30, 4.45 slept a little bit, couldn't really sleep, put the game on, fell back asleep a little bit, watched some more. Um, but then I watched, start away right away on El Paso and start watching them play. And then you go back and you break down our performance and say, here's what we need to do against El Paso. And here's what we have to do to perform and, and get better. So um, I can't wait to get back out on the training field tomorrow. I gave the guys today a, just to recover because that bus ride was pretty long. Yeah, that's that that's tough and a tough it's kind of tough to do it almost in a back-to-back -back way. Um I'm sure they're going to be happy that they're not going to have to spend, you know, 6 hours in a bus for 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 the upcoming match on on uh Saturday. Uh what's their feel heading into the match? I mean, uh coming out I'm sure they're they're a little bit upset about about the result that that happened and uh what's attitude feel like? Well, well, I didn't see too many of them today. They just had their COVID-19 testing this morning. And then most of them were stretching uh, or they went to Balanced, which is a partner of ours, a, a recovery partner. And so a lot of ice baths and, and contrast work today. Also guys, a I great follow on Instagram. Yeah. You have some really good Instagram content <laughs> with the players. It's a lot of fun. That's cool. I, I, they're awesome. They, they take care of our guys, you know, and staff as well. I can't, I'm not going to lie. I get a massage once a week, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got to relieve that stress. <laughs> oh, my, all my year, yeah. <laughs> well, we don't want to monopolize your time, but thank you so much for stopping in. We appreciate it. Yeah. You know, um, our job is to, to, you know, j just try and, uh, make everybody understand kind of a little bit about what's going on, make sure everybody knows what's on the up and up, including uh, a new away game that's going to be yeah. uh, on, the, on the 8th New Mexico. I'm sure that's circled some, uh, on somebody's calendar. <laughs> yeah, we, I did tell Santi, I said, it's only a one-game suspension, so you'll be ready for that game. <laughs> if that's what you're getting at. <laughs> we'll, be, uh, we'll be looking forward to it. Awesome, guys. I really appreciate all the work you guys do and break it down, analyze. We listen. I pay attention. And we're always trying to learn and get better. And people's opinions are important to me. So thank you, guys. Hey, thank we, you, appreciate we appreciate you, everything Greg. you do. Awesome. Awesome. We'll see you guys soon, okay? We'll see you later. Right, bye. Bye, bye. Well, that was kind of cool. <laughs> nice surprise <laughs> visit. Uh, uh, Ashley, I, I think you were geeking, geeking a little, little hard. I was like, I was just like, why would, I don't know, this sounds so weird, but I'm like, why would you do that? Like, we're like, we're just normal people talking. <laughs> I don't ever think I'm somebody. So when people say that they listen to my stuff, I'm always like, oh, really? Because like, I'm just a soccer girl saying what she thinks so but you know i also like, love rick like he's just such a cool guy like um his daughter is the same age as my sister so sometimes we'll see each other at soccer tournaments so um like my dad and him talks from time to time and he's just really really cool guy so he is he's a really great uh really great guy um very down to earth he also understands sort of where he came from. You know, he was, yeah. he was a youth, you know, uh, I don't know, six years ago, seven years ago, he was just a youth coach, you know, yeah. just like your dad, just like I am, yeah. like whatever, you know. Uh, we'll have jump in here really quick. I want to uh, um, uh, welcome Harry here really quick. Hey, Harry. Uh, 
Harry from uh, San Antonio. What's going on, my man? First time I've actually seen you in person. <laughs> Hopefully it's not a disappointment. <laughs> no, but no, oh, I, I love you guys. I, you know, I always uh, try to support you guys as best as I can, even though uh, I'm not a rising fan, you know, despite, uh, you know, some people on uh, Phoenix Rising Twitter. But uh, no, you, you guys are a great fan base and, you know, have followed Rising as One for probably since the beginning or fairly close to it um you know for their hair so when you guys said hey hop on you know why not hop on i was a little freaked out when i saw the coach on and i was like oh what did i get myself into i was like well i gotta get harry in this because he is gonna freak (laughs) i was like what did i get myself into because you know hey the coach is cool and this stuff but that's the wrong thing for me it's also like i didn't prepare to ask you questions so what do i ask you What do you eat for dinner? I should have asked him that. You should hear the questions I ask in the press conference. I fumble. Like, I think of like 20 different ways to say it, and I screwed up every single time. I would so, be the type of reporter that would ask the weirdest questions. Like, what's your favorite color? Like, just throw everything off. Like, everyone's talking about the play, what happened. I'm like, yo, what's your favorite color? <laughs> I'm just dying to know. <laughs> but I think players like that, though. I think they like the, you know, the tactic side is one thing, but I think, they, you know, every once in a while having an odd question, something to kind of personalize yeah. it. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think that's a good thing uh, to be able to do. Owen Evans, one of our um, uh, local media members. Oh, Owen's he, so great about he's, doing he's that. On t- I mean, he's absolutely fantastic. Just, <laughs> He just he needs he should be hired by the New York Times or I don't know ESPN or whatever, um, but he always asks about um, coaches uh, coaches fashion. So yeah. I, I always I like know that. yeah. Hey Harry, we got a game coming up against El Paso, and that's in mm-hmm. that te- that uh, your good old Texas region over. Oh no, they're not in the Texas region, are they? They're in the, no, they're in the um, four corners region. That's right. Yeah, they're in the four corners one. Um, What's going on in your Texas region? How are things uh, things going? I. I so in group, not even paying attention. Group D, uh, San Antonio's in first place. Uh, they've played three matches. Uh, they've uh, won two, uh, tied one um, for that here. Um, yeah, what I think um, who's in second? Oklahoma City's in second. I think uh, two points back, um, followed by um, Austin and uh, Tulsa and RGV. Unfortunately, is pulling up the rear. Not unfortunately, fortunate as a SAFC fan. Um, but, uh, it's been interesting. It's, you know, it's, I'm glad we're on the other side of the bracket than, than rising. Cause I thought rising was going to be, uh, in with El Paso and, you know, New Mexico and along those lines. So for me as a fan, if I am going to have to face rising, I want it to be in the conference finals, not, you know, in a first or second round match, uh, to do that. So, but, uh, no, it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to, uh, the El Paso rising match. Um, excellent. I don't think, you know, in my opinion, I think El Paso is a little bit uh, offensive challenged, um, you know, so where Rising has, you know, more offensive power and, and stuff like that, I, I think. Well, that's what we thought. <laughs> yeah, but OC is a good team. I, I know, to me, I, you know, and, and I said it on social media, I think OC Rising is probably the most underrated rivalry in USL. It doesn't get the hype or anything along those lines. And part of it is because, unfortunately, OC – you know, they have a great podcast with with Orange County uh, Soccer Talk, but, you know, the fan base isn't as engaging um, as Rising and, and others uh, on, on, did, on did social media. Did you see media. some of the social media, the post-game social media between the Rising <laughs> social media and Orange County? Yeah, I did. <laughs> that was intense stuff. It, it was uh, – All right, y'all need to take chill pills, go have a couple beers, and chill out, okay? Like <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's that's what makes it great, though. <laughs> I think it makes it great, though. And and you know the issue with the uh, with, with Santi pushing the coach and the, and you know the the back and forth on that, and then you know later kind of going back a couple of days later. Well, maybe the coach was doing right because he was trying to put the ball in the right place. And you know I, I still think you know the coach should have been given a red personally because you know it, it interfered with game action and, and along those lines. But I said. <laughs> yeah, so, but, you know, so I let, seem to be in the minority now. Yeah, let, let's get into that a little bit. Uh, I, I'd, I'd like to hear this. So, uh, in the middle of the match, we had a um, a, a bit of a you know tussle um, right before halftime. 
Uh, there's a foul in the middle of the field. I actually thought the ball went out of bounds. I, I didn't really see the foul very much. Uh, there's a foul in the middle of the field on rising. Uh, the ball comes out. Santi Moore decides to rush over to try to get the ball to get it over to an OC player uh, to put it back into play. Instead, uh, it rolls right in front of the OC coach, uh, Brandon Cloutier, who bends over, picks it up, um, and rolls it away from Moore, who is advancing quickly to get the ball. Moore shoves him. Um, that is textbook VC violent conduct red. Uh, well, that could be a VC straight red. Um, I, I need to see what it was actually coded as. Was but a yellow. Way, Moore already had a second. Uh, Moore already had a first yellow card. Because so if it's second. a straight red, you'll sit for three games. And coach said that he's sitting one, so that yeah. tells me it was a second yellow. Yeah, so it's a second yellow, um, and Moore goes off. Um, Moore today, earlier today, apologized on social media, took responsibility for his actions, uh, apologized to his team, the coach, the fans, and everything. Um, but Ashley, tell me what your thoughts were initially, and then now that it's had some time to ruminate, um, you know, what? Just tell me what your thoughts are. Well, when I was watching the game, I was like, "WTF? What just happened?" Like, <laughs> um, because it happened so fast, and then like all of a sudden you see Santi walking off, and you're like, "Uh, what?" So I had to rewind it and then rewatch it like four times to understand what happened. Um, probably my first reaction was, why is the coach touching the ball? Like <laughs> that literally was the first thing out of my mouth that when I rewatched it. And, um, even my dad said the same thing. He's a coach and he asked a bunch of his other, um, colleagues, like what they thought. And they were like, he, the coach should not be touching the ball. And the thing is, is there's a barrier there and whether or not, whether like the reason why the barrier was there could be advertisement, could be just whatever Orange County wanted, but for you to bend over, pick up a ball and then give it to your player, like there was no um, rush to get the play going. Um, like, I just don't understand why you would do that. And like, coaches know right now that they're not really supposed to be touching the ball unless it's like directly coming towards them but because there was a barrier there it's not directly coming towards him so I don't understand why he even touched it in the first place and to me it was um like Harry had mentioned er earlier just interfering with the whole sequence like it was unnecessary uncalled for so I don't understand that. Santi was clearly in the wrong in this. Like, I, why he overreacted that much, I don't know. Like, dude. Especially when you're sitting on a yellow, too. Like, you got to be – he was already in the ref's face if you go back, like, probably 30 yeah. seconds I mean, before that. First yellow. Yeah. He I mean, like, he's on the ref's radar. So, even if he did that, like – and he wasn't, he might've gotten away with it, but I mean, dude, like that was uncalled for, but I will give him props. I mean, how many players do you know, take responsibility and post it on social media? Yeah. So I give him props for that. Yeah. But um, I, I do think like, even when I rewatched it, like it, the coach could have been by all intentions, like oh, I was just giving him the ball, but, like, dude, why are you touching it? Like, you didn't see Sean's bending over trying to give the ball to someone. Like, I've never really – I was confused by the barriers in the first place, like, why they were even there. But, um, like, there was no point for you to interact with the ball. So Yeah, I mean, I've seen it a couple times when the ball comes into the technical area. Um, yeah. You know, them passing the ball back or whatever. Um, I actually wanted to go back, go into the IFAB rules and see what the, you know, what the call was for that. Um, you know, realistically, um, nobody's supposed to touch the ball. According to the player rules, um, the, the, the union agree, you know, players union agreement for this tournament, even uh, if a ball goes out, it needs to be take, get gotten by a player or a fresh ball is received. Yeah, because, because every time a ball goes out, the guidelines like <laughs> yeah, every anytime a ball goes out and it's and it's retrieved, it's supposed to be disinfected. Yeah. And to clarify on that, there is a designated person 
at each game. Yes. He goes and gets the balls and puts them in the spot. Like, I mean, we saw it at the rising game. That's why when the ball went out, I had a couple of players ask me to grab it. I didn't touch it. Like, I'm not about to get in trouble. I'm not about to get my media yeah. pass revoked. Yeah. Like, there's a person there who that's their job is to do that. 100%. So, and it's not the coach's job. It's not the coach's job. I saw someone say that too. Like, it's not the coach's job. There's literally a person there who that is their job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, you're, overall, you're, you're also saying here you have a referee that you knew was um, – was going to be a bit on edge yeah. because look, he, he handed out a yellow card at nine minutes. <laughs> I mean, Moore's yellow was at nine minutes and I, I don't remember the exact play if it was a bad slide or something like that, but you know, you, you should have an idea of kind of what's going on. Um, I'll tell you what, in the 58th minute, I'd love the subs that they made, you know, with yeah, 10 players um, pulling out Bjornthin. Um, interesting to pull out Vaccaro in favor of Barnby. But we needed to have. Uh, but let's be uh, honest. Has Vaccaro even really showed up the past two games? Like, I mean, maybe it's just me, but I've been thoroughly disappointed with him. Like, <laughs> I, I think his pass. Unfortunately, his passing's been a little sloppy. Um, and yeah. I think the passing. We haven't really between, seen any shots on goal from him either. Like the passing between him and um, uh, him and Lambert. Lambert, great. Uh, it was mentioned. I think uh, Joseph Lowry made a, made mention of this said he, he's a great defensive midfielder, but he's a little bit lost with the ball at his feet. So transitioning yes, yeah. the ball from one side to the next um, just didn't, didn't happen properly. Not comfortable in that position. Like, definitely and, not made for him. <laughs> look, you know, we, we made our money last season on moving the ball up the side and having long, uh, long crosses, from, long switches basically from left to right. For mm -hmm. the most part, it was left to right. Um, if you think of um, Moose's incredible, uh, incredible send up to John, John with a diving foot. Um, if you think of, um, uh, you know, some other plays, it's generally moving the ball from left to right on a long switch with somebody moving quickly up the right hand side, whether it's Asante or somebody else. And we haven't seen a single one of those yet. Uh, I mean, they just weren't able to move the ball up the wings. And I really feel that this has a lot to do with weaknesses on the wings. Um, I think that King, um, unfortunately, I was having a great conversation with, with uh, a broadcaster from Orlando who had spent a lot of time with King, actually used to go to lunch with him on a regular basis and stuff. But I don't think that, that we've seen great things out of King or Kanto at this point. I think our biggest weakness is these wings and their communications in with the center defense. Uh, that have allowed for, you know, breaks, really bad breakaways in Orange County just tearing us apart yeah. um, through, through the sides in the midfield. I think Rick has a really big task in front of him as far as finding out where everyone is comfortable at and how to form, like, uh, format that, you know? Um, like, this formation that he keeps having – is just not gelling. Like either the players are in the wrong positions or like you need to come up with a different form, Matt, because one of the two isn't working. And you're seeing that like very clearly because all these players have talent. It's not a matter of that they don't have talent. It's a matter of if they're lost on the field as to what to do. And I think you saw that very clearly. I mean, I don't know how many times during the last game I saw John Baccaro all of a sudden be a defensive wing and um, like a defensive wing all the way like as a striker. And I was sitting there and I literally said it out loud. I was like, where is everyone supposed to be at? Because like it, it's not even that they're transitioning and it's making sense. Like, hey, cover me while I go make this run because I see this. It's like, I'm going here and I don't really know where I'm going, but I'm taking the ball forward. And then all of a sudden the counterattack just kills us. So seeing everyone so lost is concerning. And like your professionals, guys, wrap your head around the game. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how things, how things recover. Um, you know, there's some comments that we can make about the field. The field wasn't great. 
Um, yeah. It wasn't great for either side because ultimately. I mean, yeah, like how many goals did Orange County miss because we, they slipped? We should have been <laughs> down four, you have four, four goals to nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, and that Aiden Quinn, uh, how often and when are you going to see Aiden Quinn miss from the spot? It's, yeah. just, it's, it's not going to happen. The guy's the captain. He's solid. Um, I hate him, you know, <laughs> for, for professionally, you know, he's just, he's a great player and, and he's not going to miss that very often, but you know, he looked like me trying to take a, take a <laughs> kick from the spot in small goal soccer and just, you know, land an ass over tea kettle. It's just uh, very, very odd. And, and I said, yeah. you know, karma because of the circumstances that led to the penalty in the first place. But, yeah. um, you know, just there are a couple things related to, related to handball in the box, okay, in the penalty box or the penalty area. And um, in the penalty area, intent – uh, the handball always the handball rule generally said it, um, that there's supposed to be intent, right? I raise my hand to meet the ball. In the penalty area, the new rules took intent away. They said if your hand meets the ball in the penalty area, um, it is it is a handball. It's going to be considered to be a penalty. If the ball hits an offensive player off of an arm and it goes into the goal, rebounds into the goal the goal is also called off. The only time that a ball can hit the hand in the penalty area is if a player's on the ground and either bracing themselves to fall and the ball hits their arm, or if they're trying to push themselves up and the ball hits their arm. Because what, what the rules say is that um, falling down, it's a natural position to brace yourself. It's a natural position to try to get yourself up off the ground. So they won't, they won't call the handball for that, for that case. So we had a handball that got called um, in, in, that wasn't called because we had a player on the ground and he was bracing himself on the ground. And we had a handball, uh, another handball that called that looked like a total inadvertent. The hand was mostly at his, mostly at his side. Didn't, he wasn't, it wasn't a flappy wing or anything like that. But according to the new rules, still a handball, still a penalty. Thankfully, he skied it, embarrassing himself yeah. almost as bad as uh, Dr. Fauci on the first pitch. Uh, Social distancing. Uh. <laughs> uh, big Howard Stern fan. Anyway, um, so, you know. But you do have to give it to Orange County, though, this game. Like, they showed up. I will 100% give them that. Like, they showed up. And they wanted it and they got it like, and I will give that to them any day. Yeah. Their pitch sucked, but I'm going to be honest, any soccer game, whether you're professional or not, you're going to deal with crappy pitches. So you might as well just get used to it. So I, I never have validated that. I mean, how many like U S games where they've talked about that? I think it's a poor excuse. So I have never validated that, but um, I will give, Orange County this like they wanted it and they showed up and well I think we you know a good takeaway for us is we didn't really lose our fight we we kept moving Um, yeah we we kept trying to score Um, with 10 men we had 60 percent well the second I'd have to see what the second half stat is but we had 60 percent overall um, overall possession and yeah you know often what you see is when when the other team is playing against 10 men, they will back off and kind of bunker in, especially, you know, with, even with a, um, with a one, one goal lead, they'll do that. But we kept fighting and we kept battling and yeah, I think we played well with our back just, against the wall. Yeah. One of the things I had noticed was if you watch that second half and you didn't tell anyone that there was rising was playing with 10 men, yeah, you wouldn't have noticed that they were playing with 10 men. Um, I think probably about halfway through, I realized again, I was like, oh yeah, they're only playing with 10 guys and it's about equal play. If not, we had more possession. So um, yeah, you got to give it to those substitutions though. Like that was such a game changer. Like it totally changed the dynamic. They came on with such energy, such like, yo, where our heads are in the game, we got to get this back and like a really big fire. And I was really, really impressed by that. Yeah, Schweitzer came, uh, uh, you know, even Schweitzer and Kalister coming on late. Um, that was, you know, they ran their, their butts off. I mean, Joey Kalister yeah. came on the field. Uh, I think he, he came over and sprinted so that he could take the throw in. 
um, after the stoppage and get the ball back into play. Um, good to see Stanton in. I wish we could have used Ligos' speed a bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, that's what we're missing. We're missing an accurate long ball. Um, and so that, you know, that may give entree to AJ coming back in. Um, AJ Cochran, generally our most accurate long ball player from uh, uh, playing in the, center, uh, in the center of the back line there. And uh, we're just going to have to see how they really recover for the next match against El Paso. Uh, El Paso, not a great side. Um, they're just uh, coming off of a loss to New Mexico United, two to one. Uh, so New Mexico kind of got them softened up a little bit. Uh, New Mexico did go up two, two nothing in the first half um, with El Paso having to battle back in order to uh, come back, but they needed a penalty in order to score their goal. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that this is a must win match for us. The fact mm -hmm. that it's three points out of group, uh, we, ha we cannot drop these three points. It's incredibly important um, as, as we're coming in. And I don't think the El Paso side is a fantastic side in general. Um, have you been able to see them at all? Um, I haven't, but I wouldn't underestimate them. <laughs> no, <laughs> they got a good I goalkeeper said. and Logan Ketterer, yeah, who's um, really solid. I know that I feel like with El Paso, they're hit or miss. Like sometimes they show up and they're like, oh, bam, oh, bam. And then like some days they're like, yeah, I don't really feel like it. <laughs> so I feel like it depends on what type of team you get. Um, we will have advantage with the fact that we're at home. Um, so they're, they're going to have to deal with traveling. We won't. Um, but I really like rising needs a win. Like if they need, they need to get back on top. And in order for that to happen, they need to have a win. And with a lot of goals, like you got to make up for those games and get some goals in there. So um, got to get our per game average up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got to find a place for Dadashev, get the ball back at his feet. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, um, Carl Wazinski made a comment uh, the, um, on Twitter, which is really interesting to see Waz unleashed. Yeah, uh, you know this guy. He was the longest-serving uh, keeper for for uh, the Phoenix Rising franchise, going back to Arizona yeah. United, and now he's now now he can comment a little bit. I did ask him to be on be on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, he missed the message and and, and uh, followed up later and said, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I missed it." Um, so we'll see if we can get him on to be a guest co-host for, for. I love him unleashed. It's so oh, good. <laughs> he's so fantastic. But he made the comment, hey, this would be a great time to see Chris Cortez. I know, and, yeah. Uh, and and uh, if we can get the ball into the middle and get it at the feet of the center striker, uh, Dadashev, then um, that's yeah. going to get us back to Phoenix Rising, uh, Phoenix Rising football, you know, sort of right. po poaching ball a, a little bit. To me, what was dis it was disappointing when Santi got kicked out just solely for that – all of a sudden you saw this wing kind of open up and there was a lot of opportunities that were starting to build. Um, but you could see his frustration. I'm not necessarily surprised that he got a red because of his frustration build. Like, I mean, it was, he missed a goal and then he, like the refs were on his nerves and he got a yellow and then all of a sudden he's gone. So, um, but it was, I was, um, impressed just by the the minutes he was on by how much that wing did kind of open in the sense and you did start seeing some opportunities down there Santi's good at the wing and they I noticed that they never really feed him as much um, and if they do it's not necessarily a good pass to where he could do anything with it but I'll be interested to see when he's back how they'll use that to their advantage yeah, I'm very interested to see uh, what more can bring. Uh, there was a comment from a former uh, uh, Rising as One host wondering if this is the second coming of Billy Forbes. Um, he does have, and I mentioned it, I think, the last podcast, um, he does take a lot of time with the ball at his feet. He's one of the only guys who wants to dribble. Yeah. Um, and, and he will dribble, and just like Billy Forbes did, and a lot of times Billy Forbes just dribbled it straight over the end line. And uh, so... Mm -hmm. You know, if we can see see more, get the ball into space a little bit, uh, be able to get the yeah. ball onto his his shooting foot, his right foot. I think mm -hmm. we can see some things. Uh, but you know, he's going to have that that New Mexico United match 
um, circled on his calendar for sure. Uh, oh. There's no no uh, Kevon Freider on that team yeah. anymore, so there isn't a lot of Phoenix Rising connection there. Uh, but I, I think he'll be very interested in to play some of his old teammates um, and maybe get to celebrate some things. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know I think what's interesting is comparing the games we're seeing now to the very first Rising match that we played back in March. I was talking with that about that to someone the other day. I was saying it's almost like watching two different teams. Like you saw in March, this cohesiveness, this attacking, we're like, dude, we're just going to destroy everyone. And now I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it's, there's, there is some frustration there. I think from, uh, there's going to be some frustration from uh, a lot of our fans. Um, but just as we saw last year, you know, we rolled off what three straight or four straight losses or, or no, four straight draws. Um, and uh, didn't seem like we had it going. I, th I think we can get it going. It just this team's personality has to come out, and this team yeah. doesn't have the same players as last year. Uh, this team has different players, so I think I, I think we can make it there. Um, I think one of the things that can really help us make it there, though, um, is if you go get a Phoenix Rising jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> So many people were salty about that. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I love And you would think you would think that like of all the players I know that I would have a jersey. <laughs> well, you know and what I though? Still I mean, don't. And I'm it like took, it took me a little while too, because it's not like we can wear it on game day. Yeah. When exactly. we're on the field, we're supposed to have well, first of all, I mean, you were working for the team for a while. Yeah. So you wear whatever they give you or, or, or. Exactly. Like we have a guideline of like what to wear. I mean, I still use it. It's basically like black short, a uh, black shirt and jeans. Um, but yeah, like I don't, I, I'm not like running around wearing a jersey and I'm not going to steal that opportunity from a fan to get a jersey from a player for me. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. I mean, I, we, I mean, we could get in a lot of trouble. Yes, I mean, like I could not get my media pass for doing that. Right, um, exactly. I will say, though, that like I'm not a huge Macron fan. So I think that's why I've never pulled the trigger on it. Like, like I've, I, if I'm getting a jersey and I'm going to pay a lot for it, it's better be like Adidas or Nike, maybe even Puma, depending on what it looks like. But um macron like meh. i, I wore my red um 18 jersey the other day yeah um and that's the one with the weird it's it's got a weird like v cut out it's oh and then the, the things like flap in the wind yeah. it's like I, I don't like it but I, I i still need to get i'm gonna get myself one of the white jerseys from this thing. i know so like one of my friends messaged me and was like are you gonna get one and i was like well i want to get the white one and then i went online to order it and they're all out so oh really yeah, so, and I don't really, I don't really want a red one. I don't really want a black one. So, <laughs> I'm so like. There are a couple secrets out there for, for Phoenix Rising fans. Um, there is a Just Sports outlet at Arizona Mills Mall. Um, I did see somebody report they had a, you know, a couple really nice Phoenix Rising polos in large and extra large um, that were 10 bucks. Wow. Um, I got my hat from over there. I mean, it, it's outlet, yeah. so it's but it's all their regular clothes, so it, or it's a lot of their regular clothes too. So, but not like, the greatest deals. I'm gonna be honest. I don't even have a lot of their regular clothes. I think I have one hat and like two shirts. I want to say no, three, three. I just bought one, so I have three. A lot of mine are the free giveaway stuff. You know, yes, like, that's me. I'm such a lamo. I definitely realize that, but I'm like. <laughs> All right, Jose, Jose, please don't listen to this one. Don't listen, Jose, please don't listen. I know. But, you know, we, we as with media passes, we can get in before their general public. So when yeah. they're setting up for the giveaways, you know, if something, something, I'll go, you know, I'll go grab yeah. one before other people can. You know, I don't, I do it for we only the We don't get shirt. a lot of advantages. So if that's the only one, I will take it. <laughs> right. Like I went to a fan event. I didn't get the, the bobblehead. The, the Drogba bobblehead. Yo, I don't season. even have that. I, I had to. That. I went to the fan to the um uh, 
where we could, you could hold the, the trophy after we got the, yeah. the trophy and they still had some. So I was like, all right, if they still have some left over, I don't feel so yeah. bad. Uh, I don't have that one. I don't have, I don't have any of the bobbleheads. Like, um, yeah, I don't, I think I have a lanyard. Does that count for anything? I don't know. All right. <laughs> like, so if you're a fan of the podcast and you want to get on Ashley's good side, <laughs> I'm used to your, you we'll started to fund me. <laughs> bring her some swag. Yeah. honestly what's funny too is when i have the swag like i rock it like to the nines like if you haven't seen i have a ton of jerseys i have like 17 jerseys mostly most of them are u.s women's national team because they are the bomb yeah. but um they got the stars yes yeah i just i just got a women's national jersey that was 140 dollars is the pro player one and by the way, pro player ones, there's a difference. They feel amazing. Okay. I got that for $14 and I was stoked. I was... Where? Oh yeah, that's right. I remember you mentioning that. <laughs> yeah. right. That's right. I got it for $14 and I was like, holla. <laughs> yeah. So you, you weren't on last year uh, when, when we, my, my nephew got bar mitzvahed and my, um, yeah. my sister had, um, had a sports theme. So everybody was supposed to, supposed to wear yeah. jerseys. So I took advantage of this to get Hannah and Eli a jersey and get my wife and myself the black. So the, yes. the, the kids got reds and I got black and there went $450. <laughs> that's the yeah. way it goes. I know. I, I will get a jersey eventually. I mean, listen, someone had told me this is their last year with Macron. So maybe next year, if they get a different partner... I'll be the first one to get one. I will be honest, though. I went to the jersey reveal, and I had one in my hand. I had the white one in my hand, mm -hmm. and I thought I bought it. So that's why the other day I was going through my closet, and I was like, oh, I want to wear that. And then I was like, apparently I didn't buy it. <laughs> I, I, I spent too much it. time taking pictures, um, oh. and I hate lines. I just can't stand in line. It just. I think that's me. what happened was I saw the line, and I was like, yeah, hell no. I'll just buy it online. <laughs> I'll just wait. I'll just wait. Yeah, I'd love for Puma to be the next the next sponsor. I like the Macron stuff. I think it's been good, good and creative. That's what but, I've heard. I've heard that it's good. I just. But I'll tell you, we lost the jersey whisperer. You know, with uh, yeah. uh, Sam Dore did a great job designing these jerseys. Yeah. Um, getting them out, really being very creative with it, and now he's over at the Coyotes. But I'll tell you what, the Coyotes front office is going. Yo, the Coyotes are self imploding right now. I mean right before playoffs too but you know they have they got a new owner no new owner wants to bring in his own guys so he gets rid of the gm you know he gets rid of it's like crazy so uh, let's not uh cross our fingers that sam sam might come back i don't know <laughs> <laughs> don't cross him too hard <laughs> that, that wouldn't be great for sam and it's his family i'm sure uh it was a major upgrade for him. So, um, and, and, you know, of course, tough season for them to, to have to deal with COVID too, but coming into the playoffs, um, hopefully they'll be able to do something to bring some pride, uh, some pride to our city. Cause you know, yeah. Phoenix is Phoenix rising has to do it there and we'd love for the Arizona Coyotes to do it too. Yeah. Phoenix is hurting. We're hurting hard. This, <laughs> this heat is just getting to us. I know. Yeah. Well, I promised that we were only, we were going to try to just do a little bit of time and that way we can let Ashley return to her families and see LAFC <laughs> beat Seattle more than two, nothing right now at 40 minutes. Oh, is minutes. it? Um, so we can watch them score some more goals. Maybe Tristan Blackman with a header or something like that to put the ball in the back, back of the net. Um, but thank you for joining us for our live where we'll have this we make predictions of the game oh you want to make predictions that's a good call i yeah i forgot last time to do player of the match but oh there, i don't think there was a player of the match in this last game. game yeah let's ignore this let's ignore these it is lubin <laughs> lubin was great lubin that's it lubin lubin lubin, lubin was great. <laughs> uh, all right el paso versus phoenix on saturday august 1st at casino arizona field what do you think the final score is going to look like Ugh. i'm i'm gonna say three to one three to one who scores um with rising with the win 
Um, probably, I want to say Dadashov, like, which I'm going to ask him one of these days how you say his last name because everyone says it differently. And I'm like, I'm going to ask him. <laughs> um, I probably Dadashov and then hmm, Santi or Asanti. Okay. I have to say Asanti now because yeah. we have Asanti. So <laughs> Asanti, um, Flemings. All right. I'm going to say Fleming. Fleming's been the been most consistent player so far. I think yeah. he, obviously he's going to get moved back up to the front line with more out. Um, uh, I'm going to say Fleming's with a brace and Baccaro with a free kick upper 90. Ooh. I, I'm, I'm putting it all the way out there, <laughs> which is always a mistake. That's the way it goes. So you're saying two, two nothing? I, I, I'm saying three. I'm going to say three nothing. Oh, okay. With Fle Fleming's with a brace and Baccaro with an upper 90 free kick to put him on the board. Well, no, he's already on the board. He had, he had a, um, he had a penalty. Um, yeah. A, a goal on I really want Baccaro to like let one fly. Like how many videos did we watch during practice where he had like these amazing goals? And I'm like, yeah, can you do that in a game? Like, <laughs> Dude, he's, he's, he's got power. He's got power. He just needs to put power behind his foot. You know, Yeah. It, it's huge. It's huge. So um, really hoping their mindset steps up though. Yeah. I Let's think see my boys back. <laughs> they'll, they'll be there. They'll be there. We just got to be there with them and uh, yeah. uh, make, we'll see what happens if, if we can find anything for, uh, out for our uh, from our supporters groups to see if we're, there's going to be some drumming outside this outside of the the gates <laughs> you know what it's going to look like what it's going to sound yeah. like i think orange county did that um i think that, that that would be that would be a lot of fun for them to be able to hear i just don't know how we would be, then be able to watch or if the yeah. if the folks on the reservation would kick us out anyway so that's true we'll see how all that goes well, again, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we'll continue to try to do these live. Um, that way we can, uh, you know, have as much fan, uh, fan interaction as possible. We'll try to return back to Sundays. They can be a little bit difficult at times for family reasons and whatnot. Um, but we appreciate you. Rising is one podcast is sponsored by the Arizona Sports Complex, home of the North Phoenix Soccer League, Summer Futsal, Box Lacrosse League, and Summer High School Advanced League. Please visit the Arizona Sports Complex and tell them the Rising is one podcast sent you. This episode is brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items just yourself and your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price from other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Thanks also to the Beautiful Game Network and all the other excellent podcasts that you can find covering soccer and all things USL.